Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he, as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, a week off, but now we're back talking all metros, kind of wrapping up um, this spring season and looking ahead to the summer. How are you doing today? Doing good. Yeah, I, I know we the last time we talked was before I went to Portland, got COVID, so that was really fun. Um, got to enjoy a nice week of uh, quarantining, so that was really nice. And then... Yeah, just finishing up. We finished up this um, state tournaments for baseball as well as golf. Um, And then now we're just kind of wrapping up the entire spring season with all metros and such. And then starting off, you know, amateur baseball and a bunch of different other things that are happening in the summertime. But nice to be kind of done with the spring season and kind of looking forward to the summer season. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some of our first all metro teams that have um, already been released on sctimes.com. We've had uh, boys and girls track, boys and girls golf, boys tennis um, are the five that we'll talk about today. And then we've also already had boys lacrosse, girls lacrosse coming on the way too. And then uh, Brian will wrap it up with softball and baseball um, later this week as well. So next week we'll talk about those four and probably talk a little bit more about amateur baseball because Brian's going to be heading to a couple games this week. He's going to be seeing uh, Sartell Muskies and Sartell Stone Ponies play tonight on Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon and then also plans to see the Cold Spring Rockies on Friday. So we'll have some of that coverage next week along with all metros. But uh, for today's show, we're just going to do probably be a little shorter than usual, but just focusing on um, these first five all metro teams so we can go a little bit in depth, talk about some of the decision making, uh, what led to the picks. Um, you know, some of the athletes, players of the year, and also uh, go through the first and second team. So, Brian, where do you want to start off today? Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't necessarily need to think we need to go into order of when it got published. Also, because you'll be talking for about 45 minutes and then I'll, I'll chat for like 10. So um, might be good to kind of break it up a little bit. Um, so why don't we start with, you know, boys track and field. Um, I mean, obviously, just with all the success that, track has had this entire season and this entire spring. Um, I know plenty of different people that you can kind of mark down on, you know, some impressive seasons, you know, with Logan Clark being able to go up to 3A and still performing to what he was able to do, you know, and get to state. Um, plenty of cathedral guys that, you know, made their mark on on the season as well. Um, so plenty of different and, and also, it seemed like a lot of diverse guy, guys in the sense of, like, you know, you had some track athletes. You also had some field event people that had some success, um, which is, I guess, I wouldn't say rare, but it's just kind of nice because you get that full circle of, you know, different different people. But maybe talk about kind of your athlete of the year as well as just people that you kind of listed on that first team. Yeah, you know, everyone that's 
on the first team, at least finished on the podium at the state track and field meet. So they were all at least, you know, top nine in one event, some of, and, you know, some of them more than one event. So um, it was a really wide ranging cast of athletes from, yeah, all three classes, class A, 2A, and 3As, and a good mixture. And um, athlete of the year ended up being Turner Shod from Cathedral. Um, he finished third in the two mile as an individual and then also ran the opening leg of that four by eight relay that uh, relay that won the state championship. And um, kind of the combination of those two is what had me um, pick him as athlete of the year. His times were also incredible, not just in um, the two mile that he went to state in, but in the 800 and the mile, he also had um, basically the fastest times of the year or right around there in both of those events too. So um, even events he didn't run at state, he still was some of the fastest in the area. And um, he's going to be continuing to run at Division II Colorado uh, Springs next year, um, CU Colorado Springs. So he'll be continuing his track and field career. But yeah, the strides he made this year, you know, last year, um, he was the first person in, a, in, you know, a handful of years to actually even compete at state as an individual. And not only did he um, compete again this year in the two mile, he, I think he was like 11th last year, dropped that down to third this year. But it was also the top uh, individual finish for anyone in eight years. And he was 30 seconds faster than he was in 2021 at the same track, same meet. So he made some huge strides in his senior year that I'm sure will um, help him as he moves on to college too. So Cathedral was the one that had the most athletes on that first team. Um, besides him, you had Emmanuel Kutsera as a hurdler um, who was able to finish seventh at the state meet. He, you know, ran that really memorable section championship race where he um, crashed out, had to rerun the race and then ran a personal record. And then he even lowered that best time at state a couple times. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye out for too. And he also ran um, a leg on that state champion four by four team uh, as well. And the, the four by four team and the four by eight team, who I both mentioned, they were the two relay teams that made um, the first team pretty easy state champions, still the fastest time in the area, faster than any of the two A or three A bigger schools we cover as well. So not only was their, you know, position finishing at the end very impressive, but their times would have allowed them to compete kind of in any class. And especially that four by four team, because all uh, all four members are juniors, which, you know, kind of instantly makes them the favorite for next year. So that's Jacob Eikhoff, Ben Fermelt, Emmanuel Kutsera, and Henry Abel. And then that four by eight team, some of the same guys, Ben Fermelt and Henry Abel, both on that team, and then Turner Shad and Max Tomzik as well on that one. So some really impressive performances from them throughout the year that allowed them to finish, I believe it was fifth at um, in the team standings, just kind of them able to put together a lot of good performances there. And then in some of the other classes as individuals, like you said, Logan Clark, um, he ran some incredible times in the hurdles. He was ninth at state. Um, he's now fourth all-time in school history in the 100 um, and sixth all-time in the 300 hurdles. And he'll be running at Concordia Moorhead next year too, competing in the hurdles and possibly some more events too. So he's one that definitely impressed this year. Um, a couple other names here to hit on, Tyler Hansen from Apollo. Uh, he had a career best triple jump to qualify for state and then he did really well at state too to finish sixth overall. Um, he really improved his time, his jumps throughout the year and was also pretty good in the long jump. Uh, another jumper was Garrison Murray from Tech who was third at state in the high jump. I got to um, see a lot of his last jumps when the, the heights just kept going up. He, he cleared 6-3 was his highest um, and he was really competitive in that event all year long, won that at section as well. 
And then uh, Ricori's Vincent Caluso, long distance runner, went to state in the mile and two mile, performed really well, was on, uh, you know, one section titles in both events, the podium in both events. He's someone for his senior year to really look out for, see if he can drop any more time. Um, and then a couple more in the field was John Kayser, tech senior. Um, in the shot put, he had his personal best through almost 51 feet for a sixth place finish. And then uh, for Sock Rapids Rice, Reed Johnson in the pole vault cleared his uh, career best to finish eighth at 12 feet, nine inches. So yeah, a lot of guys uh, from a lot of different schools. And then also just almost all of them getting those personal best marks at state, which is what you wanna see. You wanna be peaking at that time and hope that the competition and the weather, everything works together to allow you to have your best performance of the season. And almost all of these cases for these guys, um, that did work out. So it was a pretty impressive um, collection of athletes that made the first team. Definitely. And, and I know that second team was also just stacked with um, a variety of different schools. You had a few from Cathedral, a couple from Ricori, um, Sartell, even a couple from, you know, or one or two from Apollo, Sock Rapids, Tech. Um, you also had the Ricori 4x2 relay as well as the Tech 4x4 relay. Um, so, I mean, definitely a, a wide range of talent. And a lot of these, I mean, you even look at the second team and you're like junior, 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 sophomore. <laughs> so there's plenty of people that are going to be returning back next year, um, as well as a handful that are going to be graduating this this past spring. Um, so obviously, you know, a lot to look forward to as you head into next year and, you know, the 2023 season and just, you know, what's in store for that as well as a lot, some of these people, you know, some of these athletes, they go into cross country and start competing there. And so, I mean, like your Vincent Caluza, for instance, um, that's a that's a guy that you can definitely look forward to when it comes to that cross country season. And um, just exciting to see them being able to return back after a really good track season and just knowing that they'll probably keep improving as they get ready for cross country and the 2023 season of track. Yeah, you know, there's, I think, five of these people on um, the second team also made it to state two. Um, they didn't all, uh, you know, finish on the podium at state, but they did at least make it to state. And, and the ones that didn't were, you know, almost all of them were third in their section, you know, just missed the automatic qualifying marker, just missed by a couple inches, a couple set, you know, tenths of a second being able to to get to state. So a lot were right on that stepping stone, too. So, yeah, pretty impressive um, group of guys, like I said earlier. So you can check out that list at sctimes.com, as well as you can see also um, all of these all-metro teams and the girls track and field team, too, which, you know, this one... Surprise, surprise. I know, yeah. C.C. Woods being athlete of the year? I know. Man, that's just shocking to me. You wouldn't think so, but, you you know, you win a state title, you finish second in another event, you finish on the podium in a third event, makes it kind of tough to not make you athlete of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, C.C. after... She won the Class 2A state title in the 300 hurdles in 43.45 seconds. Um, and then she also was second at state in the 100 hurdles and then uh, finished sixth at state in the 200-meter dash. So incredible to put all that together in the same day to perform that well and qualify for all of them throughout sections, winning so many events. Um, and and that especially in that 100 hurdles, breaking that school record, you know, three, four times throughout the season, uh, making that her own and then continuing to lower that so um, really impressive by her for her junior season obviously big things also are going to be on the horizon we can expect uh, next year and you know she wasn't the only state champion on this list as well you had Olivia Gable who 
won the class 2a state title in the two mile when she only ran the event four times i think the first time she ran it was at the mega meet and all four times she ran it this year she won so that's that's a pretty good slate too and she also ran the mile at state she finished sixth in that event and also has the school record there so um you know as only a sophomore she was already runner up in cross country now has a track state title i'd expect her to be really pushing for that cross country title um as we get to the fall as a junior too then the last state champ that uh, made the list for first team uh, was hope schuler who she was able to win the 100 meter dash as she also you know set the school record um, as as well as the section record when we saw her at the st john's meet then she also you know had really good times in the prelims and in the final to win um, and she was also fourth in the 200 meter dash and four by two relay so you know, top four in, in three events is pretty incredible too. It's kind of uh, between her, Olivia, and CC for Athlete of the Year, just with them being the state champs, just kind of CC's dominance in some of those events put her over the top a little, but all three had really incredible years to, to be able to pull off what they did. And then we have a ton of other athletes too that, you know, made this first team. I kind of separated it where I had eight individuals and then two relays for each of these. Um, so there was a couple from Apollo, you had Noelle Hackenmuller who made it to state in four events. Um, and her best one she finished was third in the long jump, which uh, was that tied the best finish at state for 40 years for any Apollo girl. So she definitely made her mark in the record books. And then Libby Lommel, uh, pole vaulter, she's gonna pole vault at Minnesota Duluth next year. She finished fifth um, at the class 2A meet with a, a career best of 10 feet, six inches. So both of them from Apollo were kind of really big in um, allowing them to finish second in sections, and they also performed really well at state. And then you had a couple other runners um, that made the list too that were, were really impressive. You had Olivia Polly from St. John's Prep, who was the section champ in the mile um, and two mile, and then had a couple others that were really impressive, like Claire Schad was fifth in the two mile in Class A. Um, Brianna Schneider made it in the shot put and was really good at state. She finished fourth. Um, so yeah, just just a ton that really kind of stood out, continued to uh, impress me all year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at the girls' side, I mean, when it comes to the guys' side, you know, like we said, a lot of diversity in the sense of field events as well as track events, different things like that. Um, a couple field events on the girls' side, but, you know, a dominating track type of f- uh, events um, regarding that first team. And, I mean, when you have three different girls that all won different state titles i mean i uh, any of these girls are worthy of getting athlete of the year for um for track season and um the fun part is is that you know obviously hope schuler is um you know she's going to be coming back next year as a as a senior you also have cc woods coming back as a senior you also have olivia gable coming back as a junior and so you're like wow that's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of talent that's going to be yes. returning back to this to the squad and um it's just fun to see that all of these different girls are coming back and i mean it's just gonna make the decision even more hard um when when you go into next year because you know all of these girls are gonna have the same capabilities of the as this year if not more yeah and for cathedral it's just um on this team too just like the, the guys team the girls team too has so much depth and that kind of shows with the relays too and um, I picked for the two relay teams, I picked the four by two and the four by eight teams because um, both were able to, um, well, the four by two team was able to win section, the four by eight team was second at sections. And then both 
um, also podiumed at state and had really impressive times. And in the same way, like for the boys teams, you know, they still had faster times than the Sartells, the Techs, the Apollos of our area, some of those biggest schools, um, which, which you don't always expect, but they just have so much depth that um, they're sprinting and their long distance teams that they were able to put together some really impressive performances, kind of stagger them throughout the year to be at their best um, at sections and at state. So uh, there's, there's a lot of young athletes in some of those teams too, quite a few returners on the girls' side. Um, so I'll be excited to see if they can try to replicate that, even have better performances um, in 2023. But yeah, some, some really great performances there. And then, yeah, the second team also littered with, um, you know, a lot of young athletes, you know, a lot of athletes from Ricori and Sartell, um, some that just narrowly missed out on state um, and had really great times throughout the year, great performances, but just, you know, weren't at the same level. Because for this girls team too, same as the guys team, everyone on the girls uh, first team podiumed at state. I mean, that's a really high bar to set. To have that many from our schools is is pretty great. So yeah, a lot of a lot of standouts on the girls side as well. Definitely, and similar to the boys team, you have you know the freshman, sophomore, 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 you know, on that second team, and that means quite a bit of experience or quite a bit of you know athletes coming back and returning to the you know the track events and and the field events um for future years and so it's just fun to see that all of these different girls are you know going to be returning and going to be continuing to shape central minnesota you know track and field um for years to come for sure and you know that kind of wraps up track and field i know the first all metros that came out were boys and girls golf um i think we'll start with boys golf you know tell me what went into this decision making process i know you had a handful of guys make it to state um, and some had some, you know, decent performances. What led you to to picking your golfer of the year? Yeah, when it comes to that, um, a lot of a lot of success on on the golf front. Um, when it comes to the boys' side of things, you had you know Leo Warshe that made it to state. You also had Carson Andel, um, Zach Cruiser, as well as um, Blake Sir, um, Silverneck from Albany. It's just, I mean, you kind of had all of these different athletes that were you know, really, really good. And so for me, how I looked at it was um, Leo Warshay had probably two of the best rounds of his life when it comes to um, the state tournament. He um, And he also had a very interesting story this year. Um, he competed in one event at the beginning of the season. Then he suffered a broken hand during gym um, at school and was sidelined for the rest of the season. And he finally came back and played in the section tournament and he was unbelievable in the section 6-2A tournament um, he shot a 152 over two days um, which basically is averaging a little bit above like 75-ish which is unreal and then um, and then he was able to finish third as an individual and punch his ticket to the state tournament but then in the class 2A state tournament um, he had a little bit of some trouble in the first day just with some tough conditions with wind and different things like that but then came back the second day and shot a 72 um, and it brought his total score to 155 over two days and he was able to finish tied for 18th at state which is really high I mean it's a that's an incredible performance by him um, he'll be continuing on and he'll be playing at Carroll College a division three school in Montana um, and so I, I know he's excited about that and um, but just a really cool story um, in the sense of just him being able to come back from 
that injury and be able to finish tied for 18th is just kind of unreal in my mind. So, um, but I know you had Sartell and um, Albany were the guys that made up the rest of the first team. It seemed like team-wise they were really strong all year, and then these individuals were kind of um, the top standouts. Yeah, I mean, going with Albany first, um, Zach Cruiser, he's a senior. Um, he kind of was that leader, that number one golfer for the Huskies all season long. Um, he finished at sections with a total score of 155, which put him at fourth as an individual and was able to go to state. Um, he finished the state tournament with a 162 over two days and finished tied for 41st. But just a really good guy. I mean, just a really good golfer and just a really good person. Um, he was able to help a lot of these younger guys out um, on the team, and I know they're going to appreciate it as next year kind of rolls around. Um, the other Albany kid was Blake Sil- Silbernick. Um, he's a seventh grader, and I know you're kind of thinking, wow, seventh grader on the first team, but he definitely showed it. I mean, he's been kind of their number three or four hitter um, all season long, and he had a really good two days at section time, and um, he scored, finished with a score of 159. He fit, he had the he earned the final spot um, for individuals, placing sixth. Went to the state tournament and unfortunately couldn't play due to illness. Um, he just wasn't feeling right and didn't really want to because that was also the day when it was like almost 100 degrees and heat index, and so um, didn't really want to risk it. And so um, he decided not to play, but obviously being a seventh grader, he still has five more years left to be able to get back to state and do all that type of stuff, but definitely going to be a leader for um, the next few years with that Huskies team. And then finally for the other two um, individuals that made the first team, both Sartell um, golfers, you had Carson Andel, who's a freshman. Um, He was one of the Sabres golfers that made it to state. This year, obviously, making that switch to um, Class 3A is a difficult switch. I mean, it's not easy to play against some of the best and the biggest teams in the entire state. Um, But he was able to finish with a score of 153 in the section tournament over two days. um, And that was able to get him into the state tournament for Class 3A. Um, He finished with a 163 in state and was tied for 64th. Um, obviously as a freshman, he's going to be coming back next year. And, um, he's definitely a guy that was, if you're talking about consistency, he was a consistent player this year. I mean, he would be either number one or number two on the, on, in the standings for Sartell throughout the entire season. And so, um, it just made sense that he was able to get this spot, um, and was able to, you know, finish off with a, with a bang, um, with that state tournament appearance. Um, and then finally, one of his teammates, Sam Lundy from Sartell, he's a freshman as well. And he was kind of that other one-two punch with Carson. He finished most of his rounds in the mid-70s, low-80s all season long. Um, he was one of the one or two hitter or one or two golfers um, that was in the top standings for Sartell all season. Um, he finished tied for 16th at the section tournament, so he didn't get to go to state. Um, but he finished with a 162 over the two days. And obviously, you know, as a freshman, he Sartell just looks really good heading into the future. I mean, they have, you know, those two. And then also one guy that didn't make the list, he made it onto second team, but definitely a, a guy that will be making a huge contribution for Sartell in the future years is Lance Hammock. Um, he's a sophomore and he'll be kind of returning next year as well. But that's the fun part is that, like, 
I mean, you look at this this first team and second team, and you know Leo is obviously um, graduating as well as Zach. But then you have three guys on the first team that are, you know, either freshmen or younger that are going to be returning. And then you have on the second team you have two sophomores, two juniors, and one senior. And so, I mean, you have basically seven of the ten guys that are on this list returning next season to you know potentially continue on and make more, you know make more growth and make more, you know, ability to be able to get to that state tournament again. And so it's just, it's just kind of cool to see. And I know it'll be a fun season next year um, with all of this talent that's going to be returning. Yeah. And all of the teams made of, of, you know, players from Sartell, Cathedral and Albany, those three teams were really strong all year and well-deserving of those spots. And kind of, as you talked about with that youth, they have expect that to probably be pretty similar um, in some of the years to come. And then you also were the one that handled girls golf. Um, I know this was this will be a two-time winner, I believe, of Player of the Year now with Abby Thielen of Albany taking home the top honor. Kind of run me through uh, this first team as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously Abby Thielen with her success that she's had last season and how it kind of just transferred into the 2022 season, no doubt that she was going to be the golfer of the year this year. Um, she was able to finish um, – her season, her senior season with another section individual title. She tied um, for first with a score of 161 over the two days at sections um, and then went to the state tournament. She tied for 25th um, and had a two-day total of 132 because they did one day of 18 and one day of nine holes. So um, if you're looking at it and you're like, 132, that's an incredible round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's averaging like 65. <laughs> um, that That's because they, they did nine holes. But um, but yeah, so I think it's definitely going to be, I mean, she's she's planning on continuing on. She's going to play at University of Mary in North Dakota next year. And so big kudos to her for that. Um, she reached the state tournament th- three years out of the four. And obviously the one fourth year was COVID year. So no one was able to do that. So um, just a really cool accomplishment, definitely deserving of this award. And um, she was a huge leader for this Huskies team. And honestly, kind of talking to their head coach, Mike, he even said, you know, she's left an impact that's going to help not only these girls on the team, but also help out the future of this program with teaching some of these younger girls how to lead by example and such. And so um, definitely a big kudos to her on, on being able to um, get there. Along with her, um, she also had a couple teammates that made it onto that first team. You had Sophia Anderson from Albany. Um, she's a sophomore. She was probably one of the youngest golfers on the Albany golf team this season, um, but she adapted to that varsity culture very quickly um, in the section tournament she finished tied for 10th as an individual with a two-day score of 181 Um, she'll be returning next year and be one of the you know I would guess probably the number two or number three golfer for Albany next year um, with the amount of experience that she got this year Um, along with that Caitlin Caitlin Lahr from Albany she's a junior Um, she was that one-two punch with Thielen Um, Abby was kind of that number one golfer and Caitlin was right underneath her at the number two spot, and they kind of helped each other and kind of pushed each other to be better every single day. And um, She finished fifth overall at sections with a two-day score of 173, was able to go to state with Abby, which was kind of fun for her. I know she really enjoyed that. Um, she finished tied for 60th um, with a two-day score of 147 um, at state, and I know she was 
very excited about that. And she'll be one of those leaders next year that's going to be taking over that number one golfer spot as Abby graduates. And then finally, um, to kind of wrap up the five, um, two golfers from St. Cloud. Um, you had Elena um, Salvarino. Um, from, she's a senior for St. Cloud, as well as Ashley Stolt, who's also a senior for St. Cloud. Those two were kind of on the radar heading into the season um, to kind of help out the crush. Um, they were obviously had to make the move up to 3A, which is a big move, and they were able to shoot kind of high 80s, low 90s um, all season long. Um, Elena was she finished thir- 33rd as an individual at section tournament, shooting a, a 189 over the two days, as well as Ashley. She was um, she finished 17th overall at section tournament with a two-day score of 177. So those two will be leaving some fairly big holes, I would say, um, for that St. Cloud golf team, um, but definitely have put their mark on their legacy for crush um, golf for the girls' team. But otherwise, when it comes to the second team, um, you know, a couple seniors as well as, you know, a freshman, a sophomore, and a junior. So a handful of girls being able to come back next year as well as a handful, um, probably about half and half, when it comes to seniors as well as underclassmen that are going to be coming back and continuing to help Central Minnesota golf, you know, continue to rise. Yeah, and you have a couple names from Sartell, a couple from Cathedral on that second team as well, so you can check out um, the rest of those at sctimes.com along with all the rest of these all-metro teams. And I think we'll finish up with our last one now, which is boys' tennis, which I handled. Um, this one was probably the easiest decision of any of these we had to do. Um, Michael Plombon, St. Cloud Crush Jr., being named Player of the Year. He was the only local player to make it to the state tournament. While he did um, lose both of those mass matches at state, he had an incredible year all the way through. He won over, uh, you know, he won 20 matches this year. He was 20 and seven overall. Um, he played number one singles, so he was playing the top player from every team to achieve that record. And then he also won um, the section eight to a singles tournament. So. That kind of leads him to, you know, he had great ability kind of all around the court to be able to hit shots that you wouldn't believe that he'd be able to pull off winners in crucial moments. And that also led him to to all conference honors. So he'll definitely be someone to keep an eye on if he can make it um, back to that level next year and also improve upon not only making it to state, but trying to make um, a run at state. And with that crush team, it's always a really deep team, a really talented team. Um, that's also true of of this first team for all Metro. There was um, five total members of the first team and four were from that St. Cloud team. Um, the other ones that made it were Gavin Fenstead. He's a junior. He played number two singles. Um, it was 13 and nine overall this year and and was uh, a Central Lakes Conference um, honorable mention player. And then you had the doubles pairing um, of Ripley Garden, who's a senior, and Jonah Atkinson, who's a junior, that they played really well together, um, were able to advance um, into the you know the final round rounds of section with their um, fourth place finish in subsection as a doubles pairing, um, and they were also all conference honorable uh, honorable mention picks. So um, those those four were really key parts of that nucleus of that St. Cloud team um, that was able to, as usual, have a pretty decent showing as a team in sections as well. And then the last member um, of that first team is Chandler Hendricks from. Cathedral St. John's Prep, he was a senior. Uh, He finished fourth at the Section 6A individual tournament this year. Um, He was a senior captain, he was all-conference, 
and he won nine matches at that number one single spot for uh, Cathedral St. John's Prep. And he also was in all Metro selection in soccer, was first team, and in hockey, second team. So made it on all uh, in all three seasons, which is really impressive. Kind of shows how well-rounded of an athlete he was. And then on the second team, we had a lot of names from Sartell, Grant Clark, and Zach Farley were a good doubles pairing that went away as in section. Um, Jack Mashad, as a freshman, had really good showing, um, especially throughout that regular season, won a lot of matches at, I think he played a lot of like number two, number three singles. Expect him to take a step forward next year too. And then um, to round out the second team was Zach Stang and Josh Vogel from St. Cloud. They formed, um, even though they were a senior and a freshman, they formed a really good doubles pairing as well that um, won them a lot of matches throughout the year. So yeah, that kind of wraps up those teams, anything else, Brian, on on that all metro team you wanna we should dig into or no? I just it's funny how when you look at all these different teams, when you look back at it, you're like, oh, he was only a sophomore, oh, mm-hmm. he was only a junior. Because yep. you look at like the St. Cloud boys tennis team, and I didn't even realize this, but like Michael's a junior, Jonah's a junior, Gavin's a junior. Like they have a lot of guys coming back next year that I'm like, I didn't realize was even part of like, I thought for sure, at least a couple of them were going to be seniors. And so it's just kind of crazy to think that, you know, it's going to continue on and the success of St. Cloud tennis is going to continue on probably with all of these, you know, people and all these different athletes that are going to be coming back. And so just kind of interesting, not just with boys tennis, but just with track as well. And like, you know, obviously, you kind of forget that, like, Hope Schuler's a junior or, like, you know, Olivia Gables is a sophomore because she seems like she's a senior, just how mm-hmm. she carries herself. And so yep. it's just kind of interesting when you look at all these different athletes. You're like, wow, we get to see them again next year? That's super fun. So I know, and I'm sure that'll be the same when next week we do both lacrosse and mm-hmm. baseball, softball. I'm sure that'll that'll ring true there. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of a wrap-up of all of those. Um, I guess just any... News and notes to wrap up. I know you wrote about the Rocks recently. They've been on a great run to the year. Uh, you saw them last week. I got to see them last night, actually, when um, they did their You Can Bring Your Dog to the game night. So I did that with my Golden Retriever. That was a lot of fun. Um, we must both be good luck or just they win a lot because <laughs> they won really dominantly. When you saw them, I know last night they won 2-1, to one, had um, their starting pitcher, Matt McClure. He won eight innings in that one, and they were able to kind of squeak out that victory. So I know already... Um, as we record this on Wednesday, I think if they win tonight, they already clinched the first half division title. So, you know, another year of a lot of wins at the Rock Pile, a lot of a lot of guys performing well. It, that kind of seems to be par for the course at this point. Yeah, I don't think it's just us with luck when you only lose like five games or six games in the season. Mm-hmm. I think it's just bound to happen that you're going to see a win. So, um, but no, definitely a, a a good start for the Rocks, and um, you know, they I think. Not next week, but the following week is the all-star break. Um, And so usually that's kind of like that midway point. And so they'll start that second half of the season um, shortly after that, before playoffs in the middle of August. Um, But definitely a fun fun time. And um, I know I enjoy going out to the Rocks games and covering them um, just because you get some interesting stories and such things like that. But other than that, um, you know, news and notes-wise, not a ton of stuff coming in right away. Um, you know, looking at updating some of the coaches, you know, to make sure that we have all the right coaches um, because there's going to be, there's some changes that are happening along the way. There's been a lot of hirings these yeah. recent months. You know, you get to the end of 
sections. We're doing all this, and then kind of behind the scenes, it's like, oh, this school had three different head coaches mm-hmm. that we don't know about. So, yeah, so Brian's yeah. kind of trying to run with that information right now. Along with uh, a couple new ADs, obviously, Phil um, Klopaki is the new Soccer Rapids AD. He's interim this year, and um, he is, if nobody knows, which, I mean, you should know by now, but he's the head football coach for Soccer Rapids, and he was also the middle school um activities director so making that jump up to high school not you know not not too surprising just because he's definitely fit for that particular position um as well as bruce thompson is taking over the sartell activities director role um starting on july 1 um he used to he's been working with st cloud state university for a number of years and um, lives in Sartell, so he definitely was ready for that switch. Um, and being able to be the activities director for high school was something that he was kind of dreaming of. So I'm um, excited to have him over in Sartell and being able to help out that particular pro- those particular programs. But otherwise, um, yeah, just kind of like what Zach said early on in the podcast, um, I'll be over at Sartell tonight for the fun rivalry between the Stone Ponies and Muskies. Um, And then Friday I'll be over at um, Cold Spring Baseball Park for the Cold Spring Rockies. And then after that it'll be kind of of a consistent thing every Wednesday. Typically there's games going on for town ball. So um, Zach and I will try and make our way around to all the different games and such to kind of see all the different local talent that's around. Um, I know Sock Rapids Cyclones are a newer team that just came back after kind of being away for a few years. And so be fun to kind of see them play a little bit as well so a lot of different headlines um regarding town ball and um, we also have you know different parades and things like that that are going to be happening over the next few weekends and such so plenty of stuff that's going to be coming your way and um, i know sports is kind of at a little bit of a lull um right now just because you know there's not as many things that are happening in the summertime but definitely plenty of content to be reading on the sctimes.com i I know um you know last week with the whole um, Roe v. Wade decision. Um, our news department did a really nice job of putting in some really good stories um, that you know pertain to that particular subject, as well as you know I know elections and midterms are going to or primaries are coming up here soon um, in August, and so they're working on talking to all the different officials that are going to be running for different um, positions in in the area. So make sure to stay tuned to you know sctimes.com for not only sports. But, you know, the news department is also doing a pretty good job with um, getting some information out to the public as well. So plenty of stuff on the SC Times, whether that's, you know, checking out, us out on online or in the print product or on social media. Plenty of different things that you can see on social media as well. Yeah, and if you are feeling like, you know, fall can't come fast enough, I want to see football. We also have that for you because I... Uh, last week put out a list of you know some of the top high school games to watch for kind of went week by week some of the ones to keep an eye on and then right now as we speak I'm working on um, a story on St. John's football kind of some off-season storylines things to look out for there and looking ahead to their schedule too so it's coming up faster than you think you know so um, definitely keep an eye on that but anything else Brian? No, I think we'll be back next week to kind of talk more about the rest of the all, all metros as well as kind of looking into town ball now that we are underway, uh, underway on it. Um, so um, be a lot of fun to get back here again next week and kind of continue on with that rhythm again. Yeah, for sure. So I think that'll about do it for today. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.